0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC, Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with International Justice Mission. Thank you to Philip Calvert and his team for the incredible work they do to bring awareness to the global problem of modern-day slavery. I'm proud to share with my audience that I have formalized my relationship with IGMs for becoming one of their Canadian ambassadors. Why? Because I believe we can end slavery in our lifetime, and I want to use my platform to be part of that mission. For many of you, hearing that statement may be a rallying cry. For the US, it may be a moment of, wait, what? Slavery? Is that even a thing? For me, up to 12 to 18 months ago, it was the second. I did not even understand the problem or that it existed at the scale that it does. Currently, there are over 40 million people affected by modern day slavery. 40 million people. After a chance meeting with Philip Calvert, National Director of Development for IGM Canada, my eyes were opened to the reality that poor people face the world over. A reality of violence that stops them from ever moving forward in their life. At first, this made me uncomfortable, then it made me downright mad, but then it gave me hope. It is support of groups like IGM that will allow us to reach the goal of any slavery in our lifetime and give hope to people who may have none. I know this can be an uncomfortable conversation, and that is okay. That's why we're going to go on this journey together. Stay tuned as we host guests from IGM who will help educate us, as well as upcoming events that, where we can meet the amazing people that make the work they do a reality. Please join me in supporting this incredible organization by visiting and donating to their cause at www.igm.ca. We will only succeed in ending slavery in our lifetime if we work together to make a difference. Hello, and i warm Collisions YYC. Welcome to Mr. Iggy Domogowski. How are you
1: doing, Iggy? I am doing great, Tyler. Thanks for having me on today.
0: Oh, an absolute pleasure. I think you're in the three-timers club. This is three times in the show you were on. I think we were on. They just get it a while back. So if anyone's curious, a little bit more of the Tundra Process Solutions story. You can check it out on uh, on. They just get it. We also had you on uh, Current and Critical. I think we were talking about the, a mining decision in Alberta, and I brought you yes. in as my uh, as my panel, my professional, my expert witness. I think they call it. <laughs> So you and I were joking before we hit the record button. You've had some really cool kind of career trajectory. You've had an awesome transition here over the last couple of years. And sometimes I like to write the title of the episode before I even do it. And it's kind of, you know, mid, mid mid-sized to enterprise, you know, a leader, a leadership journey starring Iggy Domogoski. So I'm going to set the stage for the audience of uh, what are you guys going to talk about and why why should I listen, but I'll turn it over to you. Let's just start. Let's start right on a high level.
1: Like What's
0: a Wayjax? Tell us a little bit about your new organization <laughs> that you're a currently a president and CEO of, and then we'll get a little bit into the journey of what got you in the seat.
1: Well, this is great. Thanks for having me on the show, Tyler. Always, uh, always thrilled to spend time with you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, uh, so Wajax is uh, actually one of Canada's oldest companies. It's, uh, it was founded in 1858, uh, making Amazing. it uh, close to 165 years old. And uh, that actually makes it nine years older than Canada. Uh, I can only imagine what doing business was like in the 1850s. That would have been a crazy time.
0: (laughs) Nine years old. My dad lives in Martintown, Ontario, which is the middle of like a tiny little room. But they have the oldest fair uh, that's still going in Canada's history, the Williamstown's Fair, and it's 160 plus years old. So, Wajax and that little local fair somehow I'm sure were aligned somewhere back in the day, especially yeah. ag and industry. And, you know, anyway, that's just super funny because that's the only other thing I know that the joke is, well, it's just, you know, older in Canada, which I love yeah. that you
1: said that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it, it's, it's a really, really, really neat company that a lot of people haven't really heard of, um, mm-hmm. uh, d- despite it being around for so long. Uh, and so, Wayjax is a is a distributor of industrial equipment and a service provider for the, for all of that equipment. So, if you think of uh, a lot of equipment with wheels, like excavators and forklifts and uh, and and big trucks, that's the kind of equipment that we provide and service. Um, and then we also provide we we'll call it industrial parts and industrial products, which would be all the components that would go inside any kind of a, a facility. So. Uh, if it's a valve or a piece of instrumentation or a motor or a hydraulic cylinder or, or anything that makes kind of industry tick, um, okay. those are the kind of pieces of equipment that we uh, that, that we provide in service. And and our business is split about half and half. Um, we're in almost every community in Canada. We've got 118 mm-hmm. offices coast to coast, from Vancouver Island to the tip of Newfoundland, and uh, and we've got close to 3,000 people. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a neat company that's really geographically dispersed and it's, it's a, a Canadian only company. We have uh, You beat be, be, be me, be me
0: to my next question. Okay.
1: Yeah. So we're, uh, we're proudly Canadian only, uh, and we're, we're publicly traded on the Toronto Stock Exchange. So it, it, it is mostly Canadian owned, um, but there, there are owners from other places that, uh that have a slice of it as well.
0: Well, fair enough. When you're, when you're publicly traded, it opens up that door to uh, more opportunities for people to get involved. Uh, Tundra process solutions. We're not going to go fully down the Tundra story. We've got an episode for that, which we'll tag in, 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 in the show notes. What was the team size at, at Tundra? And you built that kind of, I wouldn't say from the ground up, there was an acquisition, but that was basically you were at the helm of growing that from start to where it was when you guys exited and actually sold to Wayjax, correct?
1: Yeah. So uh, back in 2006, uh, a, a partner and I moved from Winnipeg, which is where uh, I grew up, and uh, we wanted to move out west and buy some companies, and Tundra was the first one that we partnered up with. Uh, and, and at the time, it was a pretty small company. It was about 14 people, uh, and then we grew it to be about 150 people um, and, nice. and, uh, and sold it uh, right in the middle of COVID, which was super weird to do because, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the head office of Wayjax is based in Mississauga, just outside of Toronto, and uh, and we we were doing all of this in kind of the second half of twenty um, of 2020, uh, it was like the, the height of COVID, the fear of COVID. So I didn't meet anybody from WayJacks during the whole transaction process in person even once. Uh, it was it was all done via Zoom, which was a uh, it w- it was very odd but but effective. And I guess it shows you like if you can sell a company online basically uh you, you, you can you can sure do a lot of other things online too so it was, it was very eye-opening and uh and, and a neat experience but i appreciate
0: just uh, you, you saying that What the, 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 what's possible when you've got the right motivations and yeah. there and the technology gets band-aided together and, and 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 allows it your your e-commerce transaction as you as you sold your organization but yeah i do appreciate what was we could never do it that way and all of a sudden uh, how COVID flipped that on his head, which I just, I love anything that flips over the, the proverbial apple cart, if you will.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. But we, uh, yeah, so, so we built that company over, um, you know, call it 15, 16 years. And, and had a, you know, it was, it was definitely not just me. There was, there was a, our, our management team was a, mm-hmm. uh, we have, just have an incredible group with really long tenure. who have a huge passion for the business. Um, and, you know, I, I often told them that you can, <laughs> you guys could do all of this without me uh and then and then ultimately i proved it when i left
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> i'll sh- i'll show you guys i'll show you <laughs>
1: I'll show you so, that you didn't really need me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, well, and as a leader, that's a that's an interesting dynamic of how do you make yourself obsolete while still being centered enough on who you are to be okay with that reality when it actually comes up and shows you, and then you don't you don't go in and just meddle with things because you feel left out. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of interesting leadership that so much just comes down to the psychology of being of being a messy human, as I like to say. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Well, the. Um, so- Okay, go ahead. I, I was just gonna just just talk about how it all kind of unfolded. Um, yeah, please. So we, um, you know, it was May of 2020, so like right at the peak of pandemic fear. Got a call from uh, the WayJacks folks. That said, hey, we've been looking at you from afar and wondered if you'd be interested in selling. Uh, I talked with our chairman at the time, and you know, he thought that it might be you know a good time for him in his life to to you know to, to divest and. Move on with some of the fun things that he wanted to do. He was already living on Vancouver Island and uh, was kind of in Calgary once a week, where where we're head- headquartered. Um, and you know, we we came to a deal pretty quick, and and we and we found really that uh, the that, that Tundra and Wayjacks really fit perfectly. Uh, not, not only was it a good fit, but it was like the best possible fit that we ever could have imagined uh, of of two companies coming together. So came together to a deal and all the metrics and all that worked all of that out. Uh, and then the deal closed in January of 2021. Um, and so yeah, kind of took six, seven months to put it all together and get it over Mm -hmm. the line. Uh, so yeah, so end of January, 2021 deal closes. Uh, I basically I led most of the deal deal from our end, which, uh, which is exhausting, right? Like that's a full-time job on top of another full-time job. So it was pretty normal, kind of 8 a.m. till midnight every day. Weekends were 10 hours a day and uh that was that was a pace that I, you know, I wasn't thrilled about keeping up. Uh, so when it was <laughs> done, you know, it took a bit of time off and um and then kind of got to start getting into this new groove, you know. I I've, I've, I've uh, I'm reporting to a new person. He's the guy that was uh, his name's Mark. He was running WayJacks, Um and then maybe like 6 or 8 weeks later, he calls me up and says, uh, so I'm retiring. And I said, "Well, <laughs> I said, geez, Mark, you know, I, I was hoping we get to work together a little bit longer. We, we, a- we,
0: ju- we, just, we just started dating. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, it, it was it was so quick. And, I, you know, I, I just have this like, huge, I, one of the reasons why I really wanted to do this is because I wanted to learn from this guy. Like, I, Mark had a yeah. really, really cool career, CEO at Wajax for 10 years, CEO of The Bay, CEO of Canadian Tire. Like, he just did some really neat stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to really learn from him. And, yeah, got, got, you know, two months into it, says that he's a retiring uh, and I said, well, that's, that's a shame. He said, well, I'm, I'm staying for the rest of the year. So you got me for another 10 months, and I look forward to spending time with you then. But would you be interested in putting your name uh, on the list for people to be considered for my role? And, you know, that, that, was, a, that was an interesting question because uh, once the transaction with Tundra finished, uh, I knew that I was going to leave Tundra and oh interesting okay and and I uh, you know I, I shook hands and said that I would stay for two years to make sure that everything was perfect and that there was a clear you know if I was to leave it there was a leadership transition uh, but I knew that I was leaving and the reason that I knew I was leaving um, it almost had nothing to do with me um, I like uh, to be the, the I was a CEO of Tundra at the time and that's an awesome job right like it's, it's a mid-sized company 150 people super nimble uh, fun to run, great team, uh, not a ton of travel just because we're, you know, we're Calgary-based. We've got an office mm-hmm. in Edmonton and a, and a couple of, in northern Alberta, but, like, not, not really extensive travel. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful, fun, fulfilling, exciting job. And, but I, but I looked at our team, our management team, and, um, you know, they, they needed to move up. Uh, and, you know, they needed to spread their wings and do new things. And, uh, and, and we also, all of us, including myself, had some, you know, some golden handcuffs. We had equity in the company. Uh, and you, you can't just sell your equity in a private company. You kind of right, wait yes. until someone comes along and buys it. Uh, and there was no mechanism really for people to get out very easily. Um, so, I, so I kind of thought that some of those folks needed the next step in their career. And that in order for that to happen, I had to move on. Um, so I had to go do something else. Um, otherwise, I thought it would just be too damaging to the company because I thought some of them might leave. And it just and, and, and if they didn't leave, then they were just going to kind of, I think, almost stagnate in their roles. Yep. Um, so I, I didn't tell anyone this at the time. Uh, but I, started, I knew that I was leaving and kind of started to slowly make plans for what that would look like. And then this came along. And w- as, as I was thinking about what I might want to do, I thought, well, you know, what what am I? You know, what have people told me that I'm good at and, you know, what do I what do I kind of think that I'm good at and what do I, and what am I, you know, not great at? And 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 how would I kind of link that into something new? And um I knew that I liked, you know, growing and building companies. Um, you know, I brand is a big thing that's important to me and I like building brands, culture is very important to me and kind of really investing in people and building a leadership culture. Th- those were kind of the things. Where I thought that I could really add value, um, and then things like um, you know operational execution and things like that. I'm, I mean, I'm okay at that, but that's not that's not the value that I really bring to an organization. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was so I, so I thought, well, if I could find a company that you know was really operationally ex- excellent, and you know, like really had that dialed in, had a good business model, but you know, could use a little oomph in the area of culture. Um, of brand, of investing in people and developing leaders. If I could find a company that needed somebody like that, um, that would be a great fit. And, uh, and it, just, it, it didn't occur to me that that Wayjax was that company. Um, and- uh, I, I,
0: I love the moment where you're like, oh, you mean this thing that's right in front of me right now? Yeah, I got a question for you just yeah. before we go on too far. That moment of realizing, and I really appreciate your perspective. And sometimes in hindsight, things look really clear. And oftentimes when you're in the struggle yourself, like if I'm just putting myself in the shoes of someone listening, like, well, you made it sound pretty neat and tidy. You put it in a nice little box. I realized that I needed to move on. I realized that my leadership team needed to move up. Was there any moments of, of, maybe I'll just call it what it is. Was there any moments of fear or unknown or like, oh shit, like... When that hits you of like this, I know I need to do something different. Was that exciting? Was there a little bit of soul searching in there? Because in hindsight, it all sounds like it was very step-by-step and you had a flow chart mapped out. It's often not like that in the moment. So I'm just kind of curious for you how you navigated that. And was that over a couple months or did it, or was it super clear to you? Did it just kind of hit you of like, nope, this is where, where I need to go. Like the human side of the journey that you kind of shared a bit.
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, it, and and you know, it actually wasn't clear. Uh, it, it didn't occur to me. Um that that's what was in front of me until quite late in the process. And by the Mm, process, I mean, I mean this. Um, So Mark asked uh, my predecessor at Wajax, asked if I was interested in putting my name on the list. And I said, I don't know, because, because I, I, it wasn't clear to me that this was the opportunity that I was in fact looking for. Um, And he said, well, you know what, whether or not you really want the job or not, I think you should go through the process um, because it's a wonderful journey of self-exploration. And hmm. through this journey, uh, whenever uh, public companies are hiring for a CEO, like that's, that's the board's main job is to hire and fire a CEO. Everything else is secondary. That's their main thing that they need to do. Uh, so they really try not to mess it up. And so they, they, they hire... <laughs>
0: I, I, I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> so they hire an external firm, like, a, like an executive placement firm, Um, and they go, they go really, really deep in this kind of evaluation. And he said, it will be the most detailed, deep 360 review that you have ever had about yourself. And the commitment that we make to you is that all the, the report that they create in the end, um, they'll present that to the board, but they'll also present it to you. And Mm so, so Mark is a wonderful salesman and like personal development is a big hot button of mine. So he knew that I couldn't say no to that.
0: <laughs> well, you said you were there to learn from him. So he's coming at you, even whether you were ready for oh, it or so, not. Yeah, Basically so, is what so, I'm hearing.
1: <laughs> so he, he knew the buttons to press and he pressed the right buttons. And, and, and I thought, you know, that would be, I, I do want to know that. Like if, if I'm walking around with some really big blind spots that I'm not aware of. And, yeah, and yeah. I'd gone through some exercises like this. So I thought I had a decent idea of what they were. Um, there's, I said, a, there's a there's always more blind spots. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right. And, and that's so, been my experience. Like, well, yeah.
0: Oh shit! I thought I had that figured out. Oh no, no. But that I I I also resonate as you as you and I have chatted many times about this type of a journey. So be pretty hard to say no to an opportunity like like yeah. that. Like the way you do is just set up. I do appreciate his salesmanship and knowing what what you care about.
1: <laughs> so it was. Uh, so I said yes, and that we would do it, and then the process started. So the the, the whole process was probably six months or so. And as promised, it was deep. Um, so these folks at these placement firms, their sole job in life is to interview, analyze, understand, and eventually place CEOs and CFOs. That is all that they do. Uh, they put three partners on our file. All of them had like 20 or 30 years of experience. One of them, the psychologist. Um, and my first interview with them, so it's you know these three psychologist kind of people, and this is all that they do. Uh, was four hours, three of them, and me, and uh, and so you know you can. I figured, I, you know, I, I could hide from some, some psychologists for maybe fifteen or twenty minutes, but there is no way that I'll be able Not to hide hours. for <laughs> four hours. So I'm just gonna let it all out <laughs> into the open. I have nothing to hide. Let's let's do this thing. Um, and there was, was there a little was, was
0: there a little bit of you at that point like. Whether I get the job, like, was there also a a sense of, like, I'm kind of along for the journey? It wasn't just always about the end. Like, I want this job. I'm going to do whatever I, there's got to be a little bit more freedom in that than being so focused on the outcome that you don't get to just kind of go through the experience a little bit more as let's see where, let's see where the chips fall.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I I did, I did have a bit of that mentality. Um, Okay. I'm just curious just listen to the way you're talking about it. And as, as I went further along in the process, you know, I, I got more and more excited about the opportunity. I started to realize more and more that this was indeed something that I was really excited about and a perfect fit for what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, you know, like d- during the interview process, I was clear, I'm like, I want the job. But once we, and that was kind of months down the road after they had done yep. all their analysis. Um, but but in the beginning, it was certainly more, uh, more kind of a, a self-learning journey. Um yep but at the same time not being apathetic about it, right? Like I was like, like I'm interested, I'm here, I'm gonna give, and I, I said, I'm gonna give my all to this process and really invest a lot of time and effort and reading and strategizing and all the things that I need to do to, to really give it my all. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that made the process even more valuable. But it was, it was neat, man. Like I, I was like some of these calls that I'd be on with these recruiters, like, this is how the conversation would go. they say, let's go back again, to when you were 12. And let's talk about that experience with your parents that you told us about and how that kind of developed this part of your personality. And there was a lot of that. Um, and there was a lot of psychometric tests, like all the tests that you click all the things online, it spits out a profile. Um, and, then the, <laughs> and then so these three uh, psychologists would say, uh, all right, well, we're just going to review the results with you. And, but by review the results, that just meant another interview, which I didn't know. Uh, And so they would send me the quote unquote results, but it was just a blank sheet with like all the scales. So as an example, you know, they'd have a scale of introversion to extroversion, zero to 10. And then they would say, okay, well, where do you think you were? And I would say, I think I'm a six on there. Well, actually, you came out as a five. Why do you think the test showed a five and you said a six? (laughs) <laughs> so that was so, so those ah, were yeah <laughs> so so and like lots of that kind of stuff. <laughs> then they did nine super deep reference checks. Nine. I was already like a semi-internal candidate at this point. Um and so they did nine really deep reference checks. It's fine in nine people. It's fine, it's like hard finding nine people to say nice things about you. Um, but I, but I managed to do
0: it. <laughs> well, I think cause what they're looking for is nine people that say real things about
1: you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, hey,
0: just curious, did you talk to, cause sometimes I'm on the fence with reference checks in general. Cause sometimes it can just feel like a, like a, like a waste of time exercise to do reference checks. Cause it's usually positive, but I'm probably not asking the questions and doing it to the caliber that these reference checks. So did you talk to any of your reference checks and like, did they get a similar, why do you think he's that? Like, I'm curious of the caliber of reference check that would be versus probably what I do. <laughs>
1: I, I spoke with all of them and uh, af- after they had their calls, and, and it seemed like the questions were really, um, really pointed questions, right? So, like, okay. the. So they were
0: taking what they learned about. Sh- okay. Yeah. I understand.
1: Yeah. So I, so I think the way that it worked, it wasn't, uh, oh, just tell me about this candidate and what are their strengths. It was more, uh, we've done a deep analysis on this person. And there's some areas that we're unsure of that we want to get a little bit more clarity. So we're going to poke that area. Um, And that really helped them. And and it was usually around, you know, areas that that were kind of blind spots or weaknesses that they thought was important in this role. And they're like, okay, well, can this person handle it. So we really need to dig deep on this. Um, And so, so so they were all, uh, I, I thought from my conversations with the people that gave the references that they were done in a, you know, in the best way that they could have been done, and that they were. quite yeah, like, I, I can only imagine there would
0: be the cream of the crop in terms of how, like, going <laughs> in with some real solid data versus going and going. Oh, so what do you think their strengths are? If you were to hire them again, would you like that kind? of thing. Hey, curious. During this process, back to the human element of of being of being, you know, a, a leader transitioning from a hundred and forty person, uh, hundred fifty person company to potentially running a three thousand person company. Uh, I want the job and I'm in and I'm giving it my all. Was there ever, was there any ever moments? I don't want to use the word imposter syndrome because that might not be correct, but am I the right? Yeah, sure. I want it, but oh man, am I the right person? Cause that's a pretty big jump. Like in just terms of, we're just going to look at it on paper, 150 to 3000. And you and I've chatted, you know, there's some things that are actually easier in, 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 in some ways from running a large organization than smaller. Did you ever have any moments of like, am I the right guy? Or was that always, I'll make, I'll make myself into the right guy. Cause I want it. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna use a quote from Tyler Chisholm. <laughs> 90- okay, I'm, I'm
0: sitting down. I'm sitting down.
1: Ninety percent of people have had imposter syndrome; <laughs> the other ten percent lie about it. <laughs> Touche, my friend. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, I, I, th- I think uh, so. I'll, I'll go into the ninety percent, and and of course, you, you you think about those things like, am I, am I ready for this? can I do this? Um, And so I, you know, I I often like to seek the counsel of, you know, I've probably got like seven or eight mentors of of different areas, you know, and and I, and I really admire each of them for different things. Um, And so I talk to them a bunch and get their views on things. And so some of the advice that I got when I was doing this is, uh, you know, that, the only way to be the, you know, the, the the anything in this case, the CEO of a of a you know a decent sized publicly traded company, is to go do that, right? And so you can't really be fully prepared for it. Uh, so, you know, and and fortunately, those people who are closest to you get that. You know, they they understand that whether the people that are kind of reporting to you on your closest team, the board members, they get that. And uh, so I'm 42 years old, so. Uh, it's, it's, it's not like I had this, you know, 15 years of running huge companies. Uh, you know, it was like, this was, this was a leap. Um, and they all got that. And I think they all just had faith that I would be able to over time grow into it. Um, uh, but they, where, where I really got comfort, uh, is it, is it, is it, that's kind of what they, they were all telling me that, Hey, like, if you're, we know that you're not there yet, but we believe that you can grow into it. And, you know, we like you as a candidate because, because of your age, um, because you can really grow into it and do this for a long time. Um, you know, like there's, there, there's, I think there's lots of folks out there in this country in every country, you know, who are, you know, they might have 20 years of seniority on me and they can do the job. No problem. Like they've done it for bigger companies. It'd be a great five-year retirement gig. Um, but then the board's got to do this whole thing again in five years. And that's, I think that was the hope is that they find somebody who's, you know, not quite there yet, but can get there in a, in a, you know, in a relatively short amount of time, but that, that can then do it for a long time.
0: Hmm. I really, out of everything you said so much, I I really enjoyed, especially that quote from Tyler too. That was an excellent quote. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I couldn't resist. The permissibility that gives you as an individual, just any of us as individuals to be like, no, 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 there's no expectations. You'd be perfect. There's an, okay, we know this, we admit it, but You're committed, you've got the right skill sets, you've got the right foundation, hence the deep dive and really understanding who you are. But the permissibility, even sometimes we need to give ourselves to go, yeah, I'm going to do the thing. And of course I'm not, like my buddy always says, if anything's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly at first to get better and not implying that you can do a job like this poorly, but I'm only going to get better. And being okay with that, it gives a lot of permission. Like it lets that imposter syndrome, kind of uh, the nattering voice sometimes go like, yeah, no kidding. I'm not great at this yet. I just started but I've got the skill sets and the foundation and the belief and the support around me to be very good at it on the long term. I really like the, permi- it feels like it gives a lot of permission to go on the journey versus like, I'm not perfect. So I can't do it. And then, then you don't even start <laughs> that. I yeah. guess that gets us nowhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know what? So hmm. I, like I, I was going through this process and you know, these, these three ecology kind of people were doing their thing and they, they finally have this report that they, you know, they, they present it to the board. They present it to me. Um, and little did like that went on for months and it was like I had lots of preparation and thoughts and strategizing and what, what could the company's future hold and all of that. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm getting close to the finish line here. I wonder how this is going to turn out. Little did I know the interview process hadn't even really started. Like this was, <laughs> they, they were just evaluating to figure out if, uh, if I was, you know, a viable candidate today or, in, or a viable candidate two years from now, or maybe that's never, crazy. like that's what they were doing. And so after they kind of, they, they determined, uh, you'd probably do it today. Um, then, then, then the board started, like then, then the, then the board interviews and presentations started. Um, and, and then that was a whole new chapter. Um, and then, and then in the end, uh, you know, I, I really put my, all my all into that process about, about, okay how I view the company, what we would potentially do with this company over the long term, And I think they just, they they like the preparation. So so
0: you really, so coming back to our world, sometimes as marketers like that, that I don't want to pitch, like you you did a pitch, like you literally put it together. You did the work. You're like, here's where I would go with it. You shared your vision. It wasn't like, we'll give you the job and then we'll figure it out together. There was a significant amount of effort and energy for you to really prove that your ability to understand the company and present a vision that the board could get, could get behind. And just curious from that to now, was, was that a more of like, so once you started, were there like, yeah, no, we were on board with what you recommended. Here's a few of some of our feedback, but let's get going. Was it a hit the ground running kind of situation? And i maybe, I don't want to jump to the end because there's probably still some steps in between we had touched touch on.
1: Yeah, uh, it was, you know, it was kind of like a, almost a potential vision for the company. Uh, I, I, again, them realizing that a, a scenario know, I, I'm not in the seat yet, but I wanted to, I wanted to show, say, this is, you know, this is what we could do. I'm not set on this and I need to do a lot more research. and meet a lot more people, um, but you know, just, you know, my, if I had to make a decision today and do it based on imperfect information, it would be this. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but I will go get way better information and, and, you know, tweak this as necessary. Um, yeah. And then, so I guess I liked that. And, um, and we moved forward. And then in October of 2021, we announced that this was going to be happening. Um, you know i i i knew about a a month before that it was happening uh so i started to prepare my uh person that was going to replace me at tundra his name is ash been there a long time 17 18 years at the time uh wonderful leader like <laughs> just one of the most disciplined smart guys i know and i said okay this is happening you're going to be the you're going to be the ceo here now and so we kind of had a spent a lot of time every day getting getting him prepped mm-hmm. um and then about a month later we announced it and I was right. I proved it. They didn't need me because I handed him the keys and my phone stopped ringing the next day. I never got another call <laughs> from anyone in the company, <laughs> which was one, which was wonderful because, you know, that, that you know, I, I mean, in every business, you make a lot of mistakes and God knows we made a ton of mistakes at Tundra and spoke about them at the F up nights that you've spoken at as well. <laughs> yes. And yep. uh, yeah, I, I mean, I personally almost bankrupted that company a couple of times by making some massive mistakes. Um, but one of the things that we did do quite well was succession planning and really kind of having people understand the business and be able to step into the role. so I was I was pretty proud of that. Maybe maybe a little hurt at the same time that I was right.
0: <laughs> I was, I, I was going to ask if there was a little bit of a hangover. Yeah, no, I can I'm sensing no, no, it. I'm, I'm just joking. You, yeah, I, I hear I hear what you're I hear what you're saying.
1: It was I I, I was thrilled that it worked out that way and uh, and I think part part of the reason why they really didn't need me was because during that whole call it the deal phase when we were selling the company, you know, I was like, my focus was on that, you know, 90% on, on the transaction and probably 10% on the business. So a lot of the duties that I had on a day to day, I ended up giving up to others or just kind of slowing down or stopping. Um, and so when I came back to full time at Tundra, um, a lot of the folks had already taken on a lot of the things that I was doing. Yeah, so I, I just, how long was it? How long
0: was the deal process from It sounded like it was relatively quick just from months. the timing of that first phone. Yeah. Okay. So,
1: yeah, but you know, seven months is a long time to, yeah, yeah, um, no, to, to not do a lot of the things that you were previously doing. So, um, yeah, so we kind of got into this role and, you know, one of the, I was at the, our, my first board meeting and I had individual meetings with all the board directors and, uh, th- when I tell other people that I know that are in kind of my role or the, whether not profit or for-profit that report to a board and I describe our board in this way, they all say the same thing is that they are so jealous. <laughs> so yeah. uh, so th- this was a conversation that they all had. And it seems to me that it's like they all got together and practiced what they were going to say to me because the message was they almost use the exact same words when they all, when we all had our one-on-one meetings, and they they passed on two messages to me. The first message was, um, you know, when we were going through the selection process, you know, there was you know there was a lot of debate over who should do it, um, and you know there were there were people that were voting for different people, but in the end, it was unanimous. And 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 in the, in the end, when we decided and, and we said, hey, you're going to be the guy, everyone had your back, and everyone was in agreement that this was a good decision. And the reason that we're telling you that, Iggy, is because we don't want you worrying about this group at the board here. We don't want you worrying about the boardroom or the boardroom table or wondering if, you know, somebody doesn't have your back and really doesn't want you in the seat. Like, we don't, we want you worried about the business and growing the business and, you know, learning learning all the new things that you need to learn, managing your, your brand new team who you don't know yet. Like, we want you focused there. Don't worry about the boardroom. All of us have your back 100%. And we realize that you're new to the role and that you're young. So you got a lot of, you got a lot of room here. Like you don't need to go in, swing in and making a bunch of changes. Just get to know the business. We hope you're here for a very long time and make, we would rather you wait and make really good decisions as opposed to firing from the hip right away. And, you know, maybe making some missteps that you need to undo later. So, you know, like that was really, really nice. And then it's a pretty
0: solid. That's, I, I feel good about that pep talk. Just yeah, hearing and and, and, and all of them did
1: that. There's so there's like nine of them, and all of them individually did that. And Not then nine, uh, nine members, yeah, was, yeah. And then the uh, and then the second message was, um, you know, we're, they're they're all, they're all very good, experienced board members. Like a lot of them have the ICD course, and like so they, mm-hmm. they really get how to run a board. And with that, they said, this is your company to run right? Like our job is basically to hire you and fire you, hopefully not fire you, but th- that's our job. Yes, and, yeah. uh, and it's, it's your job to come up with the strategy with your management team. It's you and the management team's job to run the company. It's our job to do the governing part. Um, so we're not going to get in your business. So, um, if we're ever, they said, if we're ever kind of like, you know, having a conversation one-on-one and we're giving you information. And if that information ever sounds like advice or direction, it's not it's just insight and so you can take it you can leave it you can incorporate it you can throw it away you can do whatever you want but we will never give you you know direction or tell you what to do and and, and if we do it'll be very clear like it'll be in a motion where everyone votes on it and you'll know that it happened um so those were so i i didn't really realize how awesome that was um until i started to share that with some other people and they started to tell me some of their board horror stories um, and so I, I kind of realized uh, how lucky I was stepping into such a uh, such a wonderful board
0: uh, well people love to tell the bad stories but I've never had a report to a board but I've been in many executive groups where the the, the issue processing of the day was <clears> board <throat> and leadership re- leadership related and there was a misalignment and it was usually kind of just bad human behavior, messy human behavior, getting involved. Touching back to something you said and pull up maybe a Simon Sinek snippet here, but the finite versus infinite company, when you've got a 165 year old company, it feels like they've got time. They've got bandwidth. They're in it for the long haul. There's no question about that. And some of what you said kind of in your first point of like, you're new, you're here, you're learning, you're young, you're here for the long haul. I just, I love the mindset that's got to be like baked into the way the company functions. And I would imagine that ties into being a 165 year old company. How could you not think on a longer term horizon to be there that really shifts the way in the cycles in which they think uh, as a group of individuals, when you're thinking about a company that's going to easily be here for another 165 years. And mm-hmm. that's just, that's the easy assumption based on track record.
1: You know, it's, um, it's a bit of yin and yang. There is, th- there is definitely that, you know, we're a Mm-hmm. long-term company we make long-term decisions but at the same time we're a publicly traded company and you
0: still got quarter you still got quarter over quarter right
1: <laughs> yeah and uh and so i think it's a good balance um you know there's some quarterly decisions that are you know sometimes when i see the decisions that we have to make i'm like ah it's not the best for the long term but it's not bad but we kind of need to do it um based but, on being beholden
0: to the public markets exactly
1: But but at the same time, you know, we we really do try to take a long term horizon. And that's a that's just a new thing that I'm kind of getting to know. You know, we've got this really long term company that is beholden a little bit to to some quarterly results and and trying to just trying to maintain a very healthy balance between the two, which um, which I'm learning. But it's uh, that is definitely an art.
0: Has that been a couple, I guess, I'm sure many things, but is has, has that been one of them, the transition of having your publicly traded versus being a private company? Just that that simple dynamic alone is two very different experiences, I can imagine, from your side as a leader. Or do, do you call yourself an entrepreneur anymore? Or are you a CEO now? That's a weird question, I know. But I, uh... like you took a company from 14 to 150. That's an entrepreneur leader that does that. That's a, maybe a different transition in the role that you are now. I don't know. That's a. I'm sorry. I'll stop talking and let you answer that one.
1: You know, yeah, I, I, I guess maybe not an entrepreneur anymore, but, uh, but, but I would certainly say entrepreneurial, and, yeah, fair um, and I think that's one of the things that I, you know, that I hope to, uh, to add to this company is is a is yeah. a is that entrepreneurial thinking and spirit, and uh, and and and. And, and the company has it like they're, they're one of the leaders that I've met, like there's so many wonderfully entrepreneurial people um at Wayjax, and I just hope to you know continue to bring out that spirit in them um and, and focus yeah. on you know we can we're big enough that we can take some bets, you know we don't have to take company betting bets, uh but yeah you know, we can make I, yeah, bets yeah. we can make bets on things, and if they work out, awesome, and if they don't, let's learn from it quickly and shut it down and move on to the next thing and embrace the failure and I, you know, get up, lick our wounds and continue on. Um, yeah, yeah. but, I, but, I, but I love the entrepreneurial spirit and I think that entrepreneurial spirit can exist in huge companies and can exist in mom and pa operations.
0: 100%.
1: Yeah. Sorry. I'm going
0: to, yeah. I mean, you're going to call me up after and give me a hard time. Did you try to take the entrepreneur to moniker away from me, Tyler, right there? I as, <laughs> as I was thinking out loud, it came out as, as I often do, but that, that accountability on a quarterly basis to decisions that maybe meeting one objective, not meeting the other? Has that been in itself, forget the word entrepreneur or not, has that been a, a tricky balance for you from being running your own private company where we all make decisions and we move forward and we don't have to answer to that necessarily by the end of the month or by the end of the quarter?
1: I, I think it's um just the rigor of, mm. of how a public company works has been um has been, Eye-opening. I mean, I, 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 I assume that there would be a lot more rigor around it, but I'll just, I'll, I'll just give you the, the, the contrast. So when I was at Tundra, um, I reported to the chairman of our company, um, who was the majority owner of the company as well. Uh, he was the chairman of the board, the board of directors had one director. It was him. So, um, so I reported to one person. His name was Mike. We've been working together for 20 years. Uh, so when it came time to make decisions, we'd call them up, Hey, I think we should do this. We'd talk about it and then we just go do it. Um, yeah. and, uh, and when it came for monthly reporting or quarterly or annual, you know, I kind of shot in the statements and Hey, here's, here's, here's how it unfolded. And we'd talk about it and that was it. Um, with, with quarterly reporting, there's just, there's a, there's a lot of work that goes around it. Like there's a whole team that's, that's, you know, dedicated to the very specific type of financial reporting that has to happen. Uh, all the filing that has to happen with the various exchanges and the various online services. There has to be a press release every quarter. That's got to really be reviewed. Um, And, uh, and, and really the, the stakeholders, that's the new thing. I I had one person before that I really needed to kind of quote unquote report to. And so now that I have a board of nine um, and meet with them five times a year and got to cut a report up to them. Um, we have our shareholders who are many and like we don't have one major one. No, no one owns more than 5% of the company. So, um, so that, so that, so it's a lot of minority shareholders, but you know, they still want to talk to somebody about their investment and that person's me. So, um, so I'm getting to know them. Uh, there's four analysts that cover our company and so, you know, they want to spend a little bit of time just to get insights on, they tell me more about this, and and they all have a pretty good understanding of the company because they've been uh, following it for quite some time and researching it for quite some time. Um, but but they like the FaceTime. So there's yeah. So there's a board. There's analysts. There's investors. Right. So there's there's just there's different groups and there's bankers too. You know, we have like most companies, we have debt, so the bankers have a you know they have a some skin in the game. So yeah. I've, I've counted them up. There you know there's probably twenty people now or so that that are my stakeholders, and before I had one. So that's that, that's a material difference. Um, it's actually been fine. Like I, everyone I've met, I really liked and I like having conversations with them, but certainly your, your time focus has to change. Like to, to communicate with 20 people takes yeah. more time than communicating with one who, you know, for 20 years um, and all these people are brand new to me. So well,
0: you've got a, you got a pretty good shorthand with your 20, with your 20 year contact.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so we, we spent a lot of time together for, with all the individual people, which I really yeah. enjoy. Um, but it's, it's it's just a different element, uh, something that I wasn't used to, but something that, uh, to be honest, I enjoy. Like I, I I was I didn't know that if I would have really like the public company piece, but mm-hmm. um, but it's pretty cool. I I I really enjoy it. It's it's you know it's fun fun to navigate and uh, and can be quite rewarding when you get it right.
0: I can see you're you're kind of glowing a little bit. I I, I see you're you're embracing <laughs> the challenge, is what I'm sensing. <laughs> That sounds like the thing that you're certainly doing more of that you were doing less of at Tundra just because of just the dynamics and and, and how it was set up. Uh, What did you do, you know, I guess was it anything from Tundra that you're doing way less of now, you know, maybe down in the weeds, down on the floor, doing the thing and seeing what guys are working or gals, guys and gals are working on. Is there anything that you were doing a lot more of that's kind of fallen, fallen away now? Because again, time is finite. Like we were joking earlier. We all yeah. have the same hours in, in the day. What, what's kind of dropped off your, what's kind of dropped off your plate the most significantly if you were just kind of look at it into bucket, bucketing it? Well, that,
1: that, that's a good question, Tyler. So what I- uh, when when I first graduated university, I, I I did work in a larger publicly traded company, but at a very like entry level position. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't even count that as public company experience. So I was so really my career has been in basic, small to like medium small business. Um, okay. and when you are working in a company that's under ten people, uh, maybe even under twenty people, you know you know you're you're chief of everything. Right? Like you're the chief executive officer. Chief cook and bottle washer. Chief me, chief marketer. You're the chief janitor, right? You're chief, you're head of HR, like you're 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 okay. everything. Uh and then at Tundra says so about 150 people. Um, you know, you have some experts, but you still get involved in yeah. major things. Like if there's a major customer thing involved, major supplier thing involved, major people thing, for sure involved, major legal or tax thing involved, like if, involved. We're, if we're signing if we're uh like getting a new building i'm going to be involved in the lease right so there's you're just kind of you're, you're involved not in quite everything and you can't understand everything because it's too big for that but you're you're involved in a lot and the advice i got from my or i guess the insight i got from my predecessor is it says you know what the bigger company you move into leading to be honest the easier it gets and i said I don't believe you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, this is, this, is,
0: this is the sales pitch again, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and, he, and he said, you'll see. And so I get there. And, um, and he's right. It, uh, it's, it's a little bit easier in this sense, in that when you're in a, in a medium-sized company, you know, and a big tax thing comes up, you get involved. I'm not a tax guy, right? So, right. But I have to get involved because it's got like a material impact and you're dealing with the lawyers and accountants and like, you know, you're kind of like, am I adding value here? I don't know. I'm (laughs) trying to make decisions and I'm not a tax guy. So that's stressful. Uh, At Wajax, as an example, we have a wonderful director of tax. That's what she does. And um, so I don't get involved in tax things. You know, I get the summary at the end. And then it's done. And, uh, you know, when there, when there was a legal thing at Tundra, I was always involved. We didn't have an in-house lawyer. Uh, we have a few in-house lawyers at, uh, at Wajax and our, and our chief of legal, Andrew, was amazing. And so whenever there's a legal thing, he just does it and kind of lets me know the outcome. Um, so, so the things that, you know, you were, that you had to try to get at least somewhat competent at that you knew you never would be, um, you don't have to pretend anymore. Right, you can give that stuff to the experts that truly that truly know what they're doing, and you can focus on the things where you believe you can add value. And so that, that's kind of what I've been doing. You know, I've been the areas where I'm just not that strong. I'm like, I'm fully delegating this to you. You know what you're doing, and do that. And then, uh, and then, and then I really, I have to kind of kind of fight a little bit with myself sometimes to not dig in too deep into the weeds. And it's nice coming in brand new to an organization because i'm not carrying around the baggage of well i always had the relationship with that customer so i have to be involved right like i don't have any of that so um so i'm i'm actually i I fight myself to not get into those things uh and and i really do try to spend my time on just like you know drawing out strategy on a piece of paper or taking the afternoon to go read a few chapters in a book strategic planning because i know we're doing some strategic planning coming up or your book yeah. volume lately is
0: impressive by the way I've your linkedin <laughs> like, i was like all right i gotta man this guy is pump he's pumping through some solid content yeah. i think there's a lot of plain time i think is the, is the secret there
1: <laughs> yeah yeah definitely plain reading is uh is something that i like too. <laughs> but yeah i think i think just focusing on the you know, i try to focus on the things that mm-hmm. i think i should be focusing on and um i feel really lucky because i'm coming into a company that's not broken right like i like guess the board didn't call me up and say this thing is melting down you need to come in here and fix everything yeah, yeah. like that was not the case the company is doing fine it's doing well and uh and like did, i don't have to come in and fire a bunch of people right like the the team is good like we have a really solid team yeah, yeah. so you, you
0: were you were brought in in some turnaround situation where there was yeah exactly keep so an, keep an axe behind an axe behind your door and a, yeah and some
1: and so yeah right. so i'm so i'm so i, so I you know I have, I have some time to think about what we want to do long term with this company and everyone that's in their roles is a professional they know what they're doing um, and we talk about major decisions, but generally they're all running their parts of the business. Um, and they don't need me to
0: oversimplify it, but the board hired you to do your thing and now you hire them to do their thing and stay out of their way and, and be there as, you know, setting a direction, but you know, it's kind of tell people what you want them to accomplish and be almost surprised on how they do it. Right. That, that old joke.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um, last, you said the last CEO was a 10 year, uh, was 10, a 10 year, tenure. sorry. I say that five times fast during stampede week, 10 year, tenure. <laughs> um, is that a typical, I'm just curious to the organization, like out of 165 years, I'm, 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 picturing like presidents on the wall. Well, this was, this was so-and-so in this era. This was so-and-so in that era. It feels like it's probably has a storied past from the perspective of leaders and how they've evolved and kind of been around as long, as long as they have.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I've read that the average tenure of a, like a public company CEO is seven years. I've never really fact checked that. So I don't know if that's actually true. Yeah. Um, yeah. It sounds like it's probably true like it feels right (laughs) um so so, you know so 10 was a little bit longer than average and uh and 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 to be honest mark was uh to be gone he wanted to do it for five um Mm, okay and then you know if we rewind five years ago uh Wajax as a company went through a major transformation uh it was three separate companies um okay and it all got amalgamated together, like three separate companies that basically had their own HR groups, their own finance department, their own their okay, own so presidents. No,
0: no shared, no shared infrastructure. Yeah,
1: and so he brought it all together, shared the infrastructure, reduced a bunch of costs out of the business, and it was a, it was a major transition. So he had to stay through that, and that was a necessary thing for the company. So he did that for three years. Then he was going to retire again, um, and then Tunder came along, and so he said to the board, "Hey, I think this would be a good acquisition. It's our biggest one ever. I think we should do it." And they said okay, but you can't leave right away. So, uh, so, so they said you have to, you have to stay.
0: Asterix, fine. Exactly. So
1: if you're going to do it, you know, you got to buy it, and you got to stay for another year after that, just to make sure it all works out. So he said fine. So he kind of went from five years to eight years to ten years. Um, I I I hope that my tenure is longer. I I think that was part of the thing that they were kind of that the board was interested in. You know, I've I've just kind of a, a a younger age. I mean, I feel young. I mean, compared to a lot of people, I guess I'm not, but, um, but that's
0: all, young. that's all relevant. Again. It's, it's all, it's
1: all, it's relevant. all in your head, but I feel like I I've completely. got, you know, I'm, I, uh, <laughs> like I like things outside of work. I'm uh, you know, I'm, I'm married to an awesome lady. I got twin girls who are 12. They're awesome to spend time with. We got a dog, I like playing music, I like working out and staying healthy, I like entertaining and reading, but like, I don't have a hobby that I would be able to do instead of work. You
0: know, I don't really, I, I don't really that.
1: like golfing that much. And, you know, like there's, a, if I stopped working, I would go nuts. And so I could see myself being one of those people who works for a really long time, like way past yep. the kind of typical retirement age, just because I found this often, I would rather be working than doing something else. Like I just really mm-hmm. enjoy it. And I and I find it challenging and interesting and gives me purpose and all those things. Um, so i got a lot of runway, like I'm not retiring at 55. Um, so, you know, I, I could do this role for a couple decades and, um, I just think it's, that's a neat place to be when, when you can think about, I was going to say that what a fantastic
0: yeah. pl- like place to be launching off from, you know what yeah. I mean? Or like good at this current, at this current stage in, in, in the game of, of, of the journey of finding out what you love to do and constantly being challenged and being able to have impact. Like if you can check those two boxes, I, yeah, like you got my attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, Yeah. Always enjoy our conversations. I really appreciate your honesty, your candor and, you know, look from the outside like oh, 150 person organization to a 3000. And I love the, what you said, or one of the core lessons I'm taking away is like, give yourself permission to be on the journey and find an organization or a group of people, whatever that looks like that also give you permission to be on the journey. Not, you should be here. You should, you know, don't should, don't should all over yourself. The old joke of like, I should know this and I should know that. Well, no, maybe I'm, you've been here for three months or six months. I'm learning. But I have all the other boxes checked, and I'm motivated and committed to the longer, to bigger picture. For any of us in any stage of life, whether you're an entrepreneur and growing a business, you're always got to grow into the next phase. And like sometimes feeling like you're an imposter syndrome along, you're you're an imposter in your own skin along the way. That is part of the journey. But I love the permissibility aspect of self and others. I think that's pretty powerful. You can get a lot accomplished if you can just be okay to to to, to go on the on the trip.
1: <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, the journey's been fun, and I think it will continue to be wonderful. You know, we gotta. You know, we got an awesome group of, of uh, leaders uh, at Wayjax and and uh, of all different ages right like there's there's folks kind of that are that are my vintage and younger and then uh, we have a few senior people on our team that are you know like they're creeping really really close to retirement here so um, you know so if you look at our management team five years from now it'll probably look a bunch different just due to a bunch yeah. of retirements um, and that's all exciting too it's 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 so wonderful to see people be able to move up in their career and You'll see their eyes get wide open when when they're taking on their new challenges, and it's that's that's the most rewarding thing for me is developing leaders and seeing them take those next steps. And I'm just oh, the, I and feel lucky bil- that I get to ability- do it too.
0: Oh, that's amazing! An ability of a group of you, like you put a new person in a role, like the, the impact that can have can be. You don't even, you don't even sometimes realize or know the impact, like the of one person in a new way or just a different angle to looking at something and the impact that can, that can have. That is the exciting part about growing, working, and evolving with with a bunch of other humans, all having a somewhat messy experience along along the way.
1: Always uh, a little dot
0: com. Yes. Yeah. That's okay, though. I'm I'm okay. Messy permissibility. Yeah, they all fit into the same category. Weightjuxtap.com. You guys have a. You guys have a great website. It's well designed. It's clear. It's crisp. For a company this large with so much going on, it's often be a challenge to make a site that's hard that's easy to navigate and get to where you want to go. You guys have done a good job on that. So Thanks, Sorry, A little marketing plug on your on your good job on your
1: website. Thanks, Tyler. for marketing but, uh, folks did a great job. <laughs>
0: No, they, 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 they absolutely did. From one marketer to another, I'll give them that credit. Any, if anybody wants to reach out and have a chat, you're a great guy to have a chat with. I always, always value and enjoy our time together. LinkedIn, email, what's, what's the best way for people to reach out if, if they were so inclined? Mm.
1: Uh, LinkedIn's the best. I'm uh, pretty active on there, and uh, I'm usually pretty good at replying. So, um, yeah, that would be the best way to, to catch me.
0: Fantastic. Iggy. thanks again for your time. Always a pleasure, my friend.
1: Thank you very much, Tyler. Love being here.